Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Stephen Crozier. He's a psychiatric nurse practitioner and the owner of iTrust Wellness Group. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kelsey. Yeah, excited to have you. So, Stephen, tell me a little bit about yourself. So, um, originally from Connecticut, moved down to Greenville about uh, nine years ago, so now called South Carolina home. Um, you know, a little bit about me is uh, I've kind of been a jack of all trades in the mental health industry, um, trained as a, a clinician first, um, and eventually had to, to kind of figure out business. Uh, so, you know, business when it comes to the medical industry is a, a really difficult concept to, to kind of wrap your mind around at first, especially being trained in a medical or a clinical model. Mm -hmm. uh, so over the course of my career, I've worked inpatient, I've worked at state mental health facilities, um, and then finally have kind of settled on a, a private um, outpatient mental health company, um, I Trust Wellness Group, which we uh, we founded about seven years ago. Um, and so we've, we've had some pretty great growth. Um, our, our business had started with just me. Uh, now we have about 75 employees. Uh, we also won the fourth fastest growing company in South Carolina last year. Wow. So uh, kind of started, you know, on, on, uh, on, a, on a shaky foundation because I, I don't have the background in business, but um, I, uh, I've kind of had to learn very quickly through the school of, of hard knocks and, and just a lot of trial and error. So um, I'm really proud of the team that we have and um, really proud to lead the company here. Yeah. When did you first become interested in the mental health uh, industry and space? Uh, so it started when I was trying to figure out what specialty to to pick. So I was deciding between a, a, a psychiatric nurse practitioner and a, a certified nurse anesthetist. Uh, so I did a, uh, an observation at an open heart surgery when I was uh, doing some shadowing at the Veterans Hospital up in Connecticut and uh, basically decided that I liked talking to people, uh, <laughs> you know, rather than just kind of watching them lay there. Uh, and I guess if I was a nurse anesthetist and I was talking to people too much, I'd probably doing be doing a really poor job <laughs> because we, we don't want that to happen. So I uh, just really found that, you know, mental health is, is really, um, it, it's really a passion for me because there's not a lot of attention over the years that has been dedicated to it. When I think of, you know, kind of a, a, a an industry that it's um, a lower entry to uh, to start a business, mental health is probably a, a space that is easier than other different specialties. So um, I knew I always wanted to eventually do something in business and in medical uh, mental health. I think I can make a really big impact uh, just because, again, we we don't totally understand the brain yet. And it's just super interesting to me, the psychology of how to interact with patients and the psychopharmacology. It's extremely interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I mentioned to you my fascination with mental health, obviously, my MSOU. So I think it's absolutely fascinating that you were able to kind of find the specialty and really capitalize it through I, I Trust Wellness Group. So so tell me more about I Trust Wellness Group. Yeah. So uh, again, we started about seven years ago. Um, it's really focused on um, outpatient mental health. So it's different degrees of mental health services. There's, you know, the traditional inpatient where that's, you know, the highest level of care. That's, that's when somebody is in an acute episode and they have to be detoxed off of a substance or, you know, really have to have some acute care for depression or some sort of mental health condition. And then it goes down to the outpatient standard of services, which is with a, a state 
um, mental health facilities. So in South Carolina, um, different states have different kind of setups for this, but South Carolina has state mental health facilities that are contracted by the state to provide outpatient mental health services. And so what I recognized when I was working at either the inpatient or the state mental health facility, I, I recognized that there was this huge gap, this underserved population for like the average person that were just kind of looking for high quality mental health care in the middle. And so traditionally, you know, private mental health practices uh, and outpatient mental health practices don't take insurance. They typically do kind of a fee for service or or kind of a self-pay model. Mm -hmm. And so early on in the company's history, I decided to try to fill that that gap, that niche of the everyday American that's just kind of suffering from a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. And then we figured out, you know, how to build that into our business model to, to make it work with the insurance industry too. So we're proud to say that we accept, you know, Medicare and TRICARE and, and all of the different types of commercial insurance like Blue Cross and Humana and Aetna. And that's been really successful for us because while it was difficult to enter into that market, I trust as a whole um, has grown really significantly because of it. And I actually think, you know, from a um, kind of an ethics perspective, being a provider, you know, people are already paying for their insurance. So to, to self-pay for a psychiatric visit on top of it is really difficult to ask somebody to do. Mm -hmm. That's why I felt like we had to understand the insurance model in order to make our company more successful. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, you're one of the fourth fourth fastest growing companies, I think you said in South Carolina. Phenomenal, you know, uh, feat to tackle, especially because you said you came from the school of, you know, hard knocks, as you put it, for the for the business. So talk to me about how, you know, besides understanding insurance, you've been able to scale successfully in the mental health field. Yeah, there's a couple of innovations that I think uh, we've done over time. So when we first started, one thing I learned early on, again, through understanding insurance is that patients actually don't have to go through their primary care doctor to receive services. So you can actually self-refer for most, most insurance companies and can self-refer for appointments. So um, again, when the traditional model was, okay, I, I have something like depression or anxiety or I can't focus you know, what people think is they have to go to their primary care doctor, and then the primary care doctor has to then refer them to a psychiatrist. And that can take a long time, right? There's a, a delay between that referral and then the acceptance of a psychiatrist's office. And then that limbo of time is really when we see a lot of patients really struggle because the most important thing I've learned over the course of my career is that time is of the essence when it comes to, you know, physical health issues or you know, specifically mental health issues. If you're suffering from, you know, insomnia, you can't wait eight weeks to be seen. So um, I trust really, I, I think we've had a proven model of growth because we make the barrier of entry to the practice a lot easier. So patients don't have to wait two months or three months to be seen. Most of our patients, we can schedule within one to two weeks. Uh, and that was really important, I think, to the growth and the access of the company. Mm -hmm. And I think you mentioned, you know, your kind of target audience being that average person. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So we're not looking to kind of provide the highest acute level of service. And we're not looking, you know, to, to basically say something, somebody that's stable and functional. Um, you know, we're, we're not trying to say everybody needs medication or this and that. Mm -hmm. um, our, our core, you know, business model and our core specialty is that we are specialists when it comes to mental health medication prescription. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, again, it's in our name, I trust wellness group. Um, we do look at that person as a 360 degree perspective and we say, okay, 
you know, maybe medication isn't the right option for you at this time. Maybe a supplemental approach is more appropriate, or, you know, maybe the reason you can't sleep at night is because you have three dogs sleeping in the bed with you. Uh, so we, we really want to make sure that when somebody comes to us, we try to act as the mental health quarterback. So in the same way, like a primary care doctor would kind of be your your quarterback for primary care and kind of medical care. You know, we at iTrust, we look at our providers as, you know, the experts, the consultative folks that can really help clients and, and patients that come and see us feel comfortable that their their brain is in good hands, um, whether it's, again, medication approaches, therapy approaches, mm-hmm. just understanding, you know, the science behind kind of why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. Yeah. Um, for us, that scientific approach and that scientific uh, model is is extremely important to kind of make it relatable to the patients and explain difficult concepts in a way that our our patients can really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Do you have you know talking about your patients and kind of your your target client of, or who you're looking to target? Like you said, um, are there specific specialties that I Trust Wellness Group has um, in order in kind of in services or in in approaches? I know you said kind of holistic, but are there certain services um, and you know not necessarily diagnoses that that I Trust Wellness Group really specializes in? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, we look at ourselves as generalists when it comes to psychiatry in general. Um, And and so we would be prepared to treat, you know, anxiety, depression, ADHD, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, bipolar disorder. Uh, We even have some clients that are diagnosed with schizophrenia, which is a, a psychotic spectrum disorder. And so really at the core is, again, when we look at patients that come and apply to us, we say, okay, are you you know, really a better fit for a higher level of service, or can you fall into generally what we know we can handle at the practice? So in the event that somebody has, let's say, really severe schizophrenia, and they can't determine reality from Mm non-reality, that person probably needs a caseworker, and that person would probably be more appropriate for a mental health center or a higher level of services than we can provide. Actually, what we do for every single person that applies to become a patient is we do a really thorough screening process to make sure we have the right professionals to connect with that person. Because in psychiatry, what we've realized is it's really down to the connection between the person and the provider that's taking care of them. So we like to ask questions like, do you prefer a male or female provider? Do you prefer you know, a provider that has a specialty in some certain different type of area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really understand what the, the patient that's perspective to the practice is looking for. Mm-hmm. And again, what our model is, is that we have a diverse set of individuals that we can kind of pull from to connect that patient with the right provider, because you, you know, with your therapy background, you know, therapy and mental health is really down to that relationship and that connection. Mm-hmm. And so what we found over time is that that connection is really where a really primary driver of the benefit that the patients receive uh, from our practice really stems from. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. So kind of taking that very holistic generalist approach from the get-go with the assessment, what are some other ways that I Trust Wellness Group is really able to stand out from you know other practices? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I think, again, it's the access at the beginning, and then it's the follow-through from there. So you know, when people are seeking medical services in general, they want to know how do I get into a practice quicker? Mm-hmm. And then how does that practice have ethical billing practices? 
good communication back and forth if a question does arise mm -hmm. and ultimately like does that practice make me feel better right we mm -hmm. as consumers want to make sure that we're getting better if we're paying for a service and we want that dollar that we're spending on medical care to really go far right because if if you choose us or you choose a competitor i'm really believe I, i'm a big believer in competition and i think in the medical industry unfortunately there's a lot of monopolies that are forming with large health healthcare systems or private equity-based companies that are coming into the space. Um, I really believe that the clinical care should speak for itself and that the patient should be able to make that decision based on really all of those different factors. So we, again, train our providers. We actually have a, a six-week training program that we put our providers through. Wow. We certify that all of our prescribers here are masters of psychopharmacology, and that sounds kind of like a wizard title, but it's a legit certification from the Neuroscience Educational Institute, where basically to distill that down, it means that, you know, if you come and see one of our providers, you're getting an expert sitting in front of you that can kind of basically explain a difficult medication or a brain concept into something that's really kind of tangible and, and can be understood by the average consumer. And then again, you're getting that good communication where you know, in our practice, unlike other practices, you can actually text us. So it's it's important to be modern in the medical space where, you know, somebody that suffers from an anxiety disorder, it's really difficult to sometimes just pick up the phone and go through a waiting period or call the office or whatever. And so we just make it as easy as possible for the patients to connect with us. We really prioritize good customer service. And we feel like, again, the relationship that patient has with their provider in the practice ultimately drives uh, the care, assuming that again, we do the right job and get the right professional in front of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that access is taken for granted um, with having the ability, you know, to pick up the phone. Like you said, I think that's a very common misconception. So are there any other misconceptions that you've seen in the mental health field or in regards to, you know, starting your own mental health practice? Um, so in the mental health field as, as a whole, I think the general mis misconception is um, people don't really understand medication management um, until it's it's explained to them a little bit better. Um, what I've seen personally, and um, this is again, you know, uh, my opinion, but it's it's also something that's pretty well documented. Our philosophy and our belief is that when somebody comes to us, a combination of therapy and medication management is ultimately what is going to help get that person to achieve all of the goals that they have when they initially come in. So. Um, the misconception is, is that, okay, I'm just going to be prescribed medication is entirely false because, you know, a treatment plan that's really well-rounded and something that we really have as a tenant of our practice and what we train our providers is that when you start to make progress with medication, I like to coin the phrase, you know, you can, you can have the pills, but you need the skills, right? <laughs> so the pill, the pills can really help, you know, when it comes to relieving depression symptoms or anxiety or whatever. But like what actually got that person to that perspective in the first place, like what contributed to them, you know, having the symptoms or having the issues that originally caused them to seek care. Right. So that's really the model that overall, I think the, the medical industry needs to help patients and prospective patients work through is that a truly good, you know, kind of psychiatric model of treatment includes a, a good educational approach. So the patient understands why they may or may not be recommended medications and then also distills kind of the mystery of what those medications do. And then finally incorporates kind of a wellness and therapeutic model into the actual treatment. 
you know, I think gone are the days that you, you think of a psychiatrist visit or a mental health visit where you go to the doctor's office, they hand you a prescription and you're out the door. Because I think that the consumer recognizes that that's not going to ultimately get them better. Because again, the medication itself is not alone to sustain results over time. And so that's what we really take as our focus and what we, we work with patients on. Yeah, that's really great insight. I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that those are very common misconceptions that, you know, I'm thankful that you were able to kind of talk through, talk through with us. So, you know, Stephen, as we kind of wrap up this podcast, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with in regards to iTrust Wellness Group, in regards to, you know, psychiatric nurse practitioners, anything like that? Yeah, I think the space is changing really quickly in mental health. Um, so here's, here's what I've learned, you know, over time from the medical industry, and then overall, just you know, the, the space and how it's changing. So first I want to highlight, you know, when you look around you at different primary care offices, um, most of them are owned by hospitals or just the same owner. And they're really like conglomerated into like these really, really big primary care, you know, kind of just facilities in general, right? Um, that same thing is going to happen in mental health. It's just, it's inevitable. Um, five years ago, 98% of mental health offices were owned by single practitioners. So, you know, the, the traditional Dr. Smith having his own office with a couple of therapists working with him, that's where the industry was five years ago. Every year since the pandemic, that number is consistently dropping. And so there's a lot of private equity. There's a lot of hospitals taking note of the fact that the mental health industry since it is becoming more destigmatized in society is definitely something that they're focusing on kind of trying to acquire and merge with different practices. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that's great because competition is entering into the space, the, mm -hmm. the misconception is going down in terms of the care. Mm -hmm. However, you know, in the medical industry, as we see with primary care and then different options, monopolization stifles innovation. So I really want, you know, the consumer to know, and, and I really want the listeners to know that, you know, when it comes to choosing a mental health practice, really definitely consider all of the factors as far as the communication that that practice is going to have back to you. Does that practice really prioritize an educational approach? Are they using solid science? Are they doing, you know, actual data-driven assessments to get you you know, in a clinical picture of wellness. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that we've we've really seen as a, a, a shift in the industry overall is evidence-based care. And so standardized assessments are becoming extremely important to, to have as a, a routine part of the visit. So we do, you know, a PHQ-9 or a GAD-7. These are standardized screening assessments that actually gives the patient kind of a progress and, and a defined path of mm -hmm. how they're actually doing in care. Them not just saying they're getting better, but the proof that they actually are getting better. Um, and, and, and I think really since the pandemic, the last thing I'll highlight is that the space is transforming overall in the telehealth model, uh, just because uh, you know the, the COVID pandemic really accelerated that. So communities that previously didn't have access to mental health care are now having just extraordinary access due to a computer-based um, provider. So um, the industry overall is changing extremely rapidly. We're seeing new developments when it comes to treatments. We're actually having psycho uh, psychedelic medications like psilocybin and MDMA being clinically trialed now for treatment-resistant depression or, or anxiety or what have you. Um, so the space overall is something to take note of, something to know that there's a lot of change coming to it. 
Um, change is good and bad, right? But the um, the consumer and the person who's um, looking for care really should take those factors into consideration when choosing a, a mental health practice, um, because they they really um, at the point of motivation should try to make the most informed decision they can. Yeah. Um, and I'll conclude with this: you know, most people it takes them about eight years to decide to seek treatment for a mental health condition. Um, what I would encourage the listeners is if they're suffering or suffering from a mental health um, issue like concentration issues or sleeping issues, um, or if they know somebody that is, you know, time is of the essence. So get in front of a provider, get in front of the right practice, take the first step to schedule just an initial appointment or an initial initial consultation, mm-hmm. uh, because truly, you know, you, you don't know how good you can feel until you get in front of the right person who can work with you and help you achieve those goals. And then again, time is really important to consider where every year or every month that goes by that you're not receiving optimal treatment, mm-hmm. you're actually losing progress uh, in, in terms of how your brain's health is too. So um, I really, uh, I, I think those are um, the conclusions and, and kind of the, uh, the, the ending points that I'll leave the listener with. Yeah, no, those are certainly great points, Steve. And I think this has been, you know, a very holistic uh, interview. I think that you were able to hit on a bunch of really great topics about, you know, how I Trust Wellness Group has been able to scale successfully over the years, all of the different aspects of the of the the practice, and also two common misconceptions and really destigmatizing mental health and the importance of the changing field, uh, and you know how I Trust Wellness Group has been able to stay on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to share some some information about the company and just the industry overall. Yeah, it was a great conversation. I appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Thank you. Take care. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.